The metal has been shaped. We are one step closer to forging the legendary blade of the ancient kingdom. What does the scroll say to do next? Uh, so we did the striking of the metal. Yep, I just shaped it. We just shaped that. We did yep. the forge. We did mm-hmm. that. Next step says to dunk it in water. Okay, and then it says you're done. And are you sure? I think it does all it says. Yeah. Do you want to look at it? Yeah, sure. No, you gotta check down here. See this? Uh, wait, There's a little fine print at the bottom. Oh god damn. Okay. Take your most precious possession to be sacrificed against the plate. Got it. Hand it over. Whatever uh, your most precious possession is. Well, I'm a monk. I don't have any possessions. Um, I could give you my my book of teachings. I mean, do you like that? Is I that... mean, yeah, I like that quite a bit. Okay, hold it aloft. Does that count? It's glowing a little bit. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Now here, you hold it. All right. Let me let me grab my most precious possession. Sweetheart. Sweetheart, come aloft. <laughs> Did you know that you are? My most precious possession. Oh, yay. So I just... Yep, I've got her. Ah! I will miss her. <laughs> and now the final step is to whisper a tune into the Eterna crystal within the sword's hilt. Okay, so that's the green one. You could just... Yeah, we could just say the green one. So do you have a tune? Bum. Bum, bum. Bum, bum. Okay. Something like that? Yeah, go for it. Bum. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stand back a little bit. And there we are. The legendary sing-song blade. Here, you you can have the honor of the first few swings, my friend. (coughs) Keep going. (coughs) Faster. Faster. (coughs) Uh, uh, <laughs> Hello and welcome to Six Degrees of Celebration. I'm Alan. I'm Matt. And boy, oh boy, are my arms tired. I just flew all the way in from my living room. <laughs> oh, how was your week? <laughs> Just gonna skirt right by it. My week was awesome, except for the fact that I had to work 32 hours in a 48 hour period. Oh, fun. Yeah, that was a little intense, um, <laughs> but it's good. good. <laughs> How was your week? It was good. Uh, we're getting warmer, so that's kind of uh, adjusting mm-hmm. the thing. So it's, it's getting nice. This week feels long for me, most likely because I took a short week last week. So like now that it's a regular week, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> I'm loving the warm weather. I wore short sleeves for the first time this week. It's good. It's a real good feeling. No cardigans, no sweaters, no vests, no nothing. <laughs> Just your bare, unashamed arms. 
yeah. I'm taking this time to appreciate this weather I can kind of bear. Because when it gets to, like the extremes, I'm dead. I can't do the like 80, 90 humidity. I can't do it. The ones where you have the windows open, the fan going, you're in like yeah. only your boxers and you don't have any blankets on top of you. You're trying to sleep in like this sweaty mess. Mm -hmm. Those are weirdly fond memories, though. They are weirdly fond memories for some reason. I have no idea why they just are. You know what makes me sweaty sometimes? <laughs> Show business. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what makes you sweaty playing vr oh yeah no, I, I see that because you've got this giant contraption on your front of your face you are just fully immersed in this thing and after a while it does produce heat so like after a while you get kind of sweaty underneath it oh, absolutely i fell into clickbait this week how so there was a youtube video i saw it was simply titled guy in vr talks about his worst day as a soldier uh okay but the part that really got me was the thumbnail was of winnie the pooh <laughs> standing on a ledge in outer space and the text says you're gonna kill people <laughs> what even is youtube <laughs> so obviously i had to click on that right you don't you don't unsee that i don't know what i was expecting when i did click on it but what i got was a very real glimpse into someone's life the game they were playing that they record this on is vr chat have you ever heard of vr chat yes i have it's when people can make themselves as different avatars and just kind of hang out in this virtual space yeah exactly and there are games too but the majority of it is it's just like a social space to to pretend to be these weird avatars or just be weird yeah if you're familiar with ugandan knuckles that came from VR chat. Oh my, yes, yes, I. <laughs> this is the way. It's, yeah, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's racist. Now that it's, I think no, about it, it's, it, it, it's, it's racist. It's, it's decently racist. It's adequately racist. Right. <laughs> Uganda Knuckles came from that. To give people an idea of what happens in VR chat. Actually, let me see if I can find, just so you can get the vibe of VR chat. <laughs> I'm going to just go into YouTube. I'm going to search VR chat. I'm going to just play you the first thing that, oh, I'm just going to play you the first thing I see. Stop! Get the kid out of here! Get the kid out of here! This is inappropriate. I can't endorse this game anymore. I can't endorse this game anymore. <laughs> this is pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mix of young kids, adults, shouting, swearing, and just being lol random. Yeah, that's been my understanding of it as well. But there is this weird diamond within VR chat. His name is Seermore. Okay. He is showcasing this weird different side of VR chat. In his version of VR chat, it sounds like a privately funded study on the benefits of virtual reality. Okay. It's a place where hundreds of people can come together for discourse about sensitive subjects. Through use of virtual representation or an avatar, people are now able to shed their feelings of social anxiety and create meaningful connections with others. That's not inaccurate. It's not, but it's definitely not what VRChat has been. He's doing basically um, 
Humans of New York. Oh, yes, yes. Where he's meeting up with these people in VR chat and he's just sitting down and learning about them and then posting these videos. 90% of the videos are unrestrained accounts of these people. And then the 10% are just like very direct, unashamed questions by him. Because people are in virtual reality, they feel more comfortable just diving into this really intense stuff, whether it's trauma they've had or just issues they're facing. It's the idea that if you sit next to someone on a plane or on a train or in a bus just some sort of public <laughs> transportation yeah you are more likely to, to divulge some deep dark secret that you have really because you're most likely never going to see that person again yeah i think it's the anonymity of it right is that a word yeah anonymity anonymity and then the, the anemone, <laughs> the anemone of it. Um, you kind of are able to kind of bear your soul just because there is this sense of, you know, I'm not going to see you again. You're not going to judge me because, you know, exactly. You're just a, someone sitting next to me on a flight. I normally don't seek out this kind of media at all. Right. Because I'm very empathic and I don't say that as a brag because I honestly hate it <laughs> it's not fun right <laughs> when i see people going through stuff i relate to them on a like really deep level where i start to feel like the emotions that they would be feeling in that situation it just sucks so that's why i don't like watching movies about like terminally ill people or anything like that but there's something about this where it's because it's vr and i'm not looking at someone's face when they're telling me all these things it makes it a lot easier for me to separate myself and just take in what they're saying instead of feeling like it's about me okay instead of looking at somebody i'm listening to piglet talk about their serious illness or uh, or i'm seeing kermit the frog talk about the struggles of being a parent or i'm looking at courage the cowardly dog talk about how he lost his father <laughs> it's really weird when you put it that way is like that creates distance but i can understand it it also adds a little bit of levity every time you look at the screen because for a lot of it i wasn't looking at the screen i was just listening they're almost like podcast episodes it could very easily be there's a netflix show called the midnight gospel that's done by pendleton ward so the same guy did like adventure time and all that right um, and it's basically a a space podcast on spirituality and God and science and death and life <laughs> and all this stuff. But like the whole thing is like as they're talking, these very, very trippy, very, very like visceral animations are happening. Oh, oh, wait, I, I have seen what you're talking about. It's really weird. It's super weird. The animations are very weird, but I love the conversations they have. Friend of the pod, uh, Caitlin Doty was on an episode. For real? Yeah. Wow. Caitlin Doty was on there. She her avatar was like the Grim Reaper. And she like just talked about death. And it was really, really interesting. That's cool. But I, I know she listens. She's a friend. So like <laughs> What's up, we gotcha. We gotcha. <laughs> I think this this similar experience of like looking at you know, Anakin from Clone Wars talk about <laughs> killing people. I think it's the same effect if I were to watch a puppet show where they talk about these things. No, I gotcha. I think that's why a lot of educational videos or things that talk about heavy subjects tend <laughs> to be over the top to not have it be so real because it can be very, very difficult for certain people to talk about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So having that added extra, I don't say extravagance, but just that added over the topness of it might help. I just wanted to bring them up in the podcast so that people were aware of it because I'm fully invested in these now. <laughs> so like if you are like me and you want to feel something without it ruining your day, I'd suggest watching these videos because I cried to a couple of them, but then I didn't feel like 
I was tortured or traumaed for the rest of the day. So it was like the best of both worlds. Right. It's cathartic. Yeah. It allowed me to access my emotions without adding to my stress. I always love when people recommend things to me. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about that a few times when people say, oh, Alan, you would love this. For whatever reason, recently, I've come across a number of new like music recommendations just via general recommendations or just people saying, oh, no, you have to listen to this. And I've just encountered a lot of really good stuff and I'm just happy it exists. I'm like, how did I not know about <laughs> this earlier? Going in this back catalog of their records or songs or whatnot and just like, oh my God, this is great. It just come from a couple different forms mm -hmm. of people just posting things. Um, there's one podcast I think Spotify put out called Duet, which is just two people talking about songs that do X. Huh. Songs that exercise pain. <laughs> one was Discover Yourself. It's basically two people each bring three songs and they say like, here's a song. And then you listen to it and then they talk about it. Oh, like in the podcast? You like in the to podcast, it? like it goes to the song. So, okay. That's not a new thing. They have <laughs> like radio talk shows and that's like what they used to do. They'd be like, in this one, you can really hear Marlon Brando. Give it to you good. Brando <laughs> recorded this on this day and it was cited as this song for this. this, this and this, they just this. play it. And then they play it. Yeah. Right, is Marlon Brando a singer? He's an actor. Okay. All right. He is the godfather. Oh, okay. I've come across a lot of music and just a lot of artists this way. And I'm like, I love when this happens and you find one that really clicks. Like, this is what I want. Especially with like where you are right now. For sure. Or something that's a little outside my wheelhouse, but I'm just like, oh no, this is really, really good. Like one of my friends recommended Death Grips, which is a industrial noise band, I guess. <laughs> They're the most unpleasant thing to listen to. What? <laughs> but they just like kind of get you pumped for some reason. So is it like stomp the yard or whatever? Like they're using like cans and things? Like computers and synths and all that. Oh, okay. Okay, hold on. Hey everyone, what you're about to hear is music by the Death Grips. There is some swearing and high-pitched noises in there, so uh, be aware. This is the music? Not quite. What? Get your fucking dog in here! Go, go, fuck a bitch! Ah! Dino Project! You! Dino Project! Kill a job, bro! Hard shit! Fuck a shit! Fuck it out, star shit! What is yeah. this? Exactly. That's, that's music? It's like noise, I guess. There's like a whole genre of music called noise. That's not music, it's noise. <laughs> that's, that's why they're calling it that. There's a whole new genre it, of music. It's called farts. <laughs> <laughs> but like someone recommended to me Death Grips. I think they are very, very contextual because I would not like pop them on my work commute. Yeah. But like maybe in a very, very tense situation or like... I don't know. No, I want you to explain to me what the situation is that you're like, yeah, this is a death grip situation. Maybe a gym situation. You would listen to them at the gym? Me personally, probably not. We barely um, listen to any of them and I have anxiety now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say they are not for everyone. And by no means am I like, oh, death grips. Like, <laughs> but like, 
if you don't like it, you don't know what music is. Right. I'm not like, the, I'm going to be like gatekeepery about it. I, they may not be my favorite right at the moment, but it's always fun to like come across new stuff. And I have this giant running list of stuff on my Spotify playlist. It's my just Spotify library. I would like us to try to make our own death grip song. You'll be on vocals and I'll do, I'll do the other part. You ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's about it that's and then someone says i'm like a fuck your bitch <laughs> <laughs> and file it under the noise genre all right i'll i'll we'll do a palate cleanser oh, thank you all right carly it's so good. It's so good. Carly Rae Jepsen, run away with me. Don't sue us. This is the kind of music that you, um, <laughs> I don't know, you could just like float in the pool or something to this. Yes. It's kind of an all-around song. Yeah. Like, I could listen to this at the gym and it would work. Mm -hmm. I could listen to this in the car. You could put this on during an intimate night. Oh, for sure. When, when wouldn't this song work? I hope everyone's vibing out there because this is good. I don't know how much of the song we're actually allowed to I don't know, but no, I just wanted to get at the chorus because it's the best part. It's the best part. I, I came across it just through like a YouTube video. It's like why Carly Rae Jepsen wrote the best pop song of the 20th century. <laughs> Parentheses, not call me maybe. And I was like, it's not call me maybe? Tell me more. Like, <laughs> what is it? Is that a saxophone in the background where it's like, yeah. like, yeah, it's so good. It is very good. And this whole video explaining why it's the best pop song of like the last 20 years. I'm like, I agree. <laughs> you know what I consider the ultimate palate cleanser? What? It's something that you and I really enjoy. It's something that some of our friends enjoy. And I listen to it every single time I need to be refocused. I need to be brought back into the space, brought back into the moment. I will listen to this. There are these two young fish swimming along. Oh, yes. And they happen to meet an older fish swimming the other way who nods at them and says, morning boys, how's the water? And the two young fish swim on for a bit and then eventually one of them looks over at the other and goes, what the hell is water? This is water. Oh my God, that, that warmed my heart a little bit. For those that don't know, This Is Water is an excerpt from an address that David Foster Wallace gave to the 2005 graduating class of Kenton College. Go Wolverines. I don't know. I don't know what their mascot is. It's always I, a yeah. Wolverine or a Bobcat or something dumb. Go the fighting Wolverines. <laughs> fighting seagulls. 
<laughs> this is water. I mean, Matt, you could touch into it too, because I mean, you you have a tattoo. I do referencing this. I have a little. I have a little goldfish, as you can uh, as you as you can't see. Yeah, as you can't <laughs> see. I have a little goldfish tattoo, and basically because of that little joke that he tells at the beginning, and then he goes on to expound for another about twenty minutes or so, just about mm-hmm. being aware of the completely obvious. Mm-hmm. And being aware of what's directly in front of you and what your liberal arts education is good for goes into ideas of teaching you how to think, empathy. I love the idea of your default setting, how a lot of us operate on a day-to-day basis on our default setting, which is just not empathetic or sympathetic at all. It's just self-centered. Yeah, he explains that literally the way we go through life fosters this mentality that we are the most important thing. Yeah. The way we experience the universe is through our own perspective. Everything is either happening around us or to us. The default setting of all humans is very intrinsic. Yeah. I mean, you have this intrinsic nature of just everything that's happened to you, the left or right of you, you are kind of the main character. But then again, everyone thinks they're the main character. And it's kind of the point is that everyone thinks they're the protagonist in their own story. And they don't realize that we're all kind of the protagonist of one story. He just goes into these amazingly insightful things about human nature and about the way we interact with the world. One of my favorites is you choose what you worship. Yeah. Oh, man. He talks about how even if you think you're not religious, even if you don't follow a religion, you worship something. Yes. You worship either money or beauty or intelligence or social interaction or something. Mm-hmm. You, you you pour your attention to something. No human is purely atheistic. They worship something. And he goes on to point that the only difference between that and wish, worshiping some sort of religious deity is that if you worship money, you'll never have enough money. If you worship beauty and sexuality, you'll never be pretty enough. Right. It's amazingly insightful and I've seen it every which way. And it just, in my experience, just constantly rings true. David Foster Wallace did sadly uh, pass away. He Mm. did have a lot of demons that he was trying to deal with. And he did sadly commit suicide later in his life. By the time he was alive, he was an English professor. He was really, really insightful writer. This is water, this excerpt. You can buy it in a book format. I think Matt and I both have the book. Yeah. Or you can just hop on YouTube and listen to him. And I think there's a lot of value to to listening to him, but reading it too gives you that time, as reading does, to ruminate on what you're taking in and really apply it into your mind. It takes maybe 20 minutes to read. It's not a long thing at all. I think the way they publish it is like they put one word. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Uh, they put one or one sentence on each page. Oh, yeah, you're right. I, I forgot it was that easy. This is like kids book level. And well, it's supposed to be like a gift book because you like give like a college graduate. Mm. As a, it's a commencement speech. Now you're about to hear Matt use the word sardonic and Alan's going to laugh afterwards. He's going to laugh because he doesn't know the definition of sardonic. But for you, it's grimly mocking or cynical. So now you can laugh for the right reason. I've read a lot of other David Foster Wallace's work. Like, this is great. I love This Is Water. It does not do justice to how funny he is in a very sardonic way. (laughs) There's a section in his big claim to fame, which is Infinite Jest. Right. This like huge brick in a purse size book. And one of the perspectives is from a character who is trying to stop smoking weed. It's like for 20 pages, he goes on about like, I'm going to stop smoking weed. And one of them, here's my plan. I'm going to tell them my dealer to not sell me any more weed unless I say this. And then he's going to sell me weed. But then that's <laughs> it. And it just goes on for 20 pages of him like bargaining with himself to stop smoking weed unless it's this, unless it's this or this. But then I'm done. I'm done. Like, I'm <laughs> over it. I don't need this. I'm better than that. Unless it's like, and just it's, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, 
I read this. I'm like, this is me. Right. I've done this with so many other different things, food or people, stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to text him. I'm not going to do it unless this happened. And it's just like, oh my, get out of my head. <laughs> I'm going to turn my light on because it's really dark in here. Okay. You can say your thing now that I know you say every week. I don't say shit. You silly, silly man. Come back and sit down and act like you're funny. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good, hurry. I got mean this week. I'm really sorry. Did about you that. get me? Yeah, when you listen oh. back, I'm so sorry. I was playing some kind of character and I realized it wasn't funny. It was just mean. <laughs> cool. I mean, maybe it's funny. I don't know. Maybe people think being mean is funny. I love you very much. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> this one line I like that he delivers in, in, in the speech is Because the really significant education in thinking that we're supposed to get in a place like this isn't really about the capacity to think, but rather about the choice of what to think about. If your total freedom of choice regarding what to think about seems too obvious to waste time discussing, I'd ask you to think about fish and water and to bracket for just a few minutes your skepticism about the value of the totally obvious. First off, anytime I hear it, I feel smart for understanding what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, the, the man was a genius. He had his demons and he had his his faults and was mm -hmm. nowhere near a perfect person in some ways he just had a very insightful way of cutting through a lot but in a very human way you never felt like you were being lectured by him you never felt like he thought he knew better than you mm -hmm. the way he writes and the way he talks very much feels like hey look i figured this out i'm just like you but here listen for a bit because i think you might get something out of this he always wants to make you work for it a little bit yeah i mean i've watched interviews with him where he said like his idea of fun is really working at a, like a hard book taking something that's very challenging and working at it that's his idea of fun <laughs> and if you go into some of his work with that knowledge you're like oh that makes so much more sense because he's basically asking hey don't relax. Sit up. Pay attention. We're, we're going to talk about some stuff. Oh, yeah. Once he hits on something, he'll he'll say something real important and just keep going. If you miss it, you miss it. <laughs> yeah. No, it, he's absolutely brilliant. The reason I like going back to it to really center is I have really intense road rage. I think that might be one of my biggest faults. I don't know if you knew this. Did you know this? No, I didn't. Yeah. I mean, Jenny can tell you. Hey, Han, do I have road rage? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yes. I mean, I don't know how, how would you describe it? Because road rage might not be accurate or maybe it is accurate. Well, I think you, you have road rage, but now instead of acting out because of it, you like <laughs> suppress it and then you'll do something really passive aggressive to the person who's being a bad driver. Like you'll wave to them with like a huge smile on your face <laughs> or you'll like blow them a kiss and be like, Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's funny. And I also think it's a it's a good alternative to just getting angry because it used to be stressful when I was in the car with you and you would get angry at someone. And then I'd be like, stop doing that. And then you'd be annoyed that I was annoyed at you for being angry. So it's a happy medium. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, son. I was just, just like wave at people like that. That was like my passive aggressive road rage. Thing. Sometimes if somebody cuts me off, I'll applaud for them. <laughs> And wow. start mouthing like, good job. Like, wow. Oh my goodness. You got right over there, huh? Wow. Good work. Wow. Yeah, I get really, I get pissed. And people are like, I've never seen you mad. And it's like, well, that's because you've probably never driven with me. <laughs> right. I've driven with you quite a bit, but I've never seen you get like angry. 
Yeah, I, maybe I suppress it when I'm I'm not comfortable. We we've never really driven through like really stressful places. That's true. We've gone like to the movie theater or to, we to the movie theater or like at camp where there's no one there. Right. <laughs> where the roads are like there's more squirrels per square mile than people. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But anytime I'm driving around and I do find myself hitting that road rage thing, there is a section in This Is Water where he talks about road rage rather explicitly. Yeah. Is it unlikely that that person that cut you off is on their way to the hospital or they've got a pregnant wife with them or, you know, maybe they just had a loss in the family or, you know, whatever. Is it unlikely? Yeah. Is it altogether impossible? No. He talks about if you're so sure of your own narrative that this person's an asshole, then that's all they're going to be. And that's the world you're going to live in. But if you know you choose to think about the world a little bit differently and give them that benefit of the doubt, you're just going to have a better time. <laughs> it's an amazing speech. It's really been very formative as shown by my goldfish on my arm. Right. Yeah. And Matt doesn't just get a tattoo of anything. OK, like he has a Doctor Who tattoo. He's very serious about the things <laughs> he gets tattoos about. I like what I like. I don't work at the Doctor Who one at all. You've always <laughs> told me that your mentality about tattoos is I liked it at the time enough to get a tattoo and therefore it's a representation of who I was at that time. Right. I think that's awesome. And even if there was a piece that I like have grown distant from or wanted to redo, I wouldn't like get it removed. I would get it like covered up and redone. I believe in like the piece is part of you, mm -hmm. but like you can get it redone or just reshaped. Much like yourself. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> so honestly, if you're looking to cry, check out those other <laughs> YouTube videos. If you're looking to think, definitely check out This Is Water by David Foster Wallace. Yes. I like this idea that we've kind of inadvertently gotten on via mm. your topics because one of the things I wanted to talk about was in a way detoxing. Okay. I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I took two extra days off work. So I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I took Thursday, Friday, and I, I already have Saturday, Sunday off. I had four days off. Mm -hmm. This was very much a like reset for me. Yeah. Just because I was like, I feel like I've been working a lot. i don't take a lot of time for myself for any particular reason. If I do take time, I just want to have, I want to have a reason to take time off. Mm -hmm. I'm very much that approach. And I was like, you know what? Like, no, I'm taking extra time. I have PTO built up. I'm doing it. And it was just so nice to breathe a bit and to just detox from work a little bit, detox from unnecessary stress. And it's like, this is actually much needed. How did you spend your time? I saw a bunch of friends which was nice within, you know, safely and all of that. I saw friends, I relaxed, I didn't think about work, which is hard for me, especially with my workspace and uh, my bed space being one space. <laughs> so it's hard to put work out of my head. So it was nice to like kind of turn that thing off a bit. Hmm. But I, I went down to a friend's, we watched the four hour Justice League movie. Oh yeah, you did do that. You, you uh, want to give us an update on... Your thoughts on the Schneider cut? <laughs> the, the, the Rob Schneider cut. Oh, uh, is did I say it wrong? It, you said Schneider. Instead of? Snyder. What, wait, what did I say? Schneider. Am I dumb? What, I'm not hearing the difference. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The director's name is Zach Snyder. Snyder. Oh, Snyder. There's Snyder. No, there's no H. There's no sh. There's no sh. Is, is Schneider a person? Is that there's also? Rob, there's Rob Schneider. And who's Zach an awful Snyder. Snipe, yes. There it is. It's like Tupperware. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, people say Tupperware. Tupperware. Say it again. Tubber? I say Tubber, like T-U-B-E-R. 
it's tough or tupperware too it's it's tupperware (laughs) oh my god it's tupperware it's tupperware no it's not it's spelled with b's no it's spelled with p (laughs) hun how do you spell tupperware tupperware P-P-E. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Blocked live <laughs> at the cameras, Ron. Zoom in. in the freaking zoom in. <laughs> so the Snyder Cut was actually a vast improvement on what was shown in theaters in every conceivable way. Wow. Okay, that's I kind of ate my words because I was not expecting a lot, but. It is a vast improvement. It's four hours, but it's a vast improvement. How'd you handle the four hours? You break it up. It has chapters. It has like chapter one, chapter two. It's, I think it's six chapters. Six chapters? Varying lengths. I think the first chapter is like 30 minutes. Do they like stop and fade to black? Chapter two. Yeah. They don't, I mean, they don't say it, but it's like, well, yeah. just, boom. Does that not take you out of it? No, because they kind of ended at like act markers. So like right. act one, act two, act three, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel that lull in the story. This is the time we're going to take a break. It feels very natural. Okay, well, that's good, at least. I feel like if I was watching it, I'd be in it and in the world, and then suddenly, like, chapter four. Oh, right, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, I mean, it makes no qualms that it is, in fact, a movie. <laughs> uh, it reminds you a lot that it's a movie. I think people should watch it. All right. Even though it is four hours. Well, maybe when I have my detox, I'll do that. I totally get what you're talking about, though. Right now, I'm trying to save up as much PTO as possible for the honeymoon. But my normal method is I will set up one long weekend a month, basically. But I, I have some kind of some kind of reset where I have this chance to be away for longer than normal and then come back. It's important. I remember when, when the pandemic started, my company's department's director gave us a, a digital detox day. Just like hi this is really hard yeah. like take, take take a no strings attached day that's even more important now with all the digital stuff. oh yeah absolutely and it was just it was like so necessary and if you're in a position where you can do that i advise that you do that just because it helps a lot it just resets your brain a lot yeah and when you do your detox day don't stare at more screens yes i can't tell you how many times i've been like ah work is so stressful like i've been staring at a computer all the time i'm gonna take today off and then i'd sit down and play video games for the whole day and i end the day being like ah all i did was play video games my eyes hurt yeah that's a thing and like getting outside you know walking around my ancestors looking down on me being like you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> yeah, nobody's saying you have to like go force yourself to sit outside and read a book, but you should try to find something. Go for a walk. Yeah, do do something. Something I do on one day off. And we've talked about this, how we do our like treat ourselves thing. Yeah. Like I, I will drive to go get coffee. At pressed. Yeah, at pressed. We have stuff at home to make coffee, but I choose to get out of the house, get away from the yeah. screens and go someplace. And I sit down in the car and I'll eat my burrito. I'll drink my coffee. And it is that reset, it's that detox. There's a press down the street from my gym now and I hate it. <laughs> 
because I go there all the time now. I'm gonna be like, oh god, like no. Now that we don't live across from one, I'm realizing how much money we just like threw at that place. Oh my god. Well, it was that. There's one down the street from my gym. There's one coming to Boston. Oh god. If people are wondering how much we loved pressed and went to pressed, <laughs> there were some times where I would have every single cup holder in my car, including like the ones against the door, full of of pressed of cups. pressed cups, and I would have to be like, all right. It's time to clean the car because I would run out of places to put my pressed cups. And then you, then you just replace it with more pressed cups. Exactly. Because yep. <laughs> it was it was convenient. It was cheap. It good. It's healthy. Like er. healthier. <laughs> Yeah. Not every single item on that menu is like the short rib mac and cheese is not like the picture of health. Right. Yeah. But like they have an acai bowl. They have like smoothies and salads and they got CBD lemonade. This, oh my God. The CBD lemonade <laughs> that was like $13. Yeah. When I drove past it on my way to a, my friend Seth's house, cause he was like, you want to come grab coffee before we go work out? Mm -hmm. I'm like, sure. So I drove to Seth's house and I was like, oh, there it is. And I like, <laughs> Like the it's very much the golfer thing. Yeah, it's that. It's the like Vanya driving past oh, number five. Right. Me pressed. Right. <laughs> I'm five pressed as Vanya because I'm like set on it. Even the things like the mocha hurricane that I drink. <laughs> It's straight espresso and chocolate, but there's an option to put banana in it. And I do that sometimes. And you like kind of justify it a little. Like, yeah. no, it's potassium. Also, the one near me has a bar. Like a bar bar? Like an alcohol bar. Impressed? Yeah. I don't think I would need anything else in life. <laughs> we should go. I think I, <laughs> I think I would be fired from my job. I would be homeless <laughs> and I would just spend 24-7 in the pressed bar cafe. In the pressed and Newton. <laughs> so ranking, right? Where does this fall on your detox chart? Top of the chart, S rank is top detox. You do this thing and suddenly you're ready to go fight a war. Or right. F tier is, I don't feel any different afterwards. Right. Where does taking a bath fall for you? I'm going to say B tier. All right. Ronnie, drag <laughs> that over to the B tier. Why B tier? I think a lot, and I feel like... <laughs> I'm what I'm what you would call a thinker. Yeah, I feel like after a certain point when I've fixated on like I think I'm done, mm -hmm. it's the only thing I can think about. If that's like ten minutes in, I'm like, okay, we're done. What? Well, I know there are people who bathe for like forty five minutes. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a bath would probably be on like an E tier for me. Really? That low? Well, because honestly, the only thing I like about bathing is that it makes you really warm. That's true. So what I will do, and I'm terrible to the environment, I'll like constantly have the drain going and the faucet going. Oh, so it's like the kind of refreshing of new water. Bring in more hot water. Yeah. And I will just kind of like cram myself in that tub until like I force myself to be cold again by getting out. But I don't feel <laughs> anything <laughs> like I'm just like, oh, yay, I'm warm. And that's it. Yeah, pretty much. No difference. No. I mean, honestly, I end up watching videos on my phone when I take baths because I'm just sitting yeah. there like, what? why am I doing this? So I've been trying to figure out the simple pleasures in life. I want you to listen to this word, burglar. Okay. <laughs> burglar. <laughs> you better watch out because I'm a burglar. I'm going to come over there and burgle you. And once I've burgled you, you'll be burgled. And you'll have to tell everyone, darn, I got burgled by a burglar. Is it just the word burglar? So we came here to burgle your turts. Okay, why is this word like a simple pleasure? It's a funny word with a serious meaning. 
<laughs> I don't know why, but I really enjoy that. It, it reminds me of those like Tumblr posts I saw a while ago. It's like, if in bad mood, do the following. Mm-hmm. In your deepest, angriest voice, say bubbles. <laughs> Repeat until not sad. Bubbles! <laughs> That's probably an interesting one for the neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Repeat, sneep snoop. Until no longer sad. <laughs> sneep, snoop, beep, boop. Yeah, sneep, like sneep, snoop, beep. Try to keep a straight face while doing it. Honestly, the bubbles thing got me because I, I was trying to like <laughs> prep for it and I kept smiling every time. I always like these little words and these little just phrases that we have that make us happy or just words that we like. I am a huge fan of Kummerspeck. What is that? It is German. I got that much. Um, it literally <laughs> translates... To grief bacon. Grief bacon? Like like you're sad from losing someone, so you eat bacon? It's the feeling you get that you eat when you're sad. Uh, can you say the word again? Kummerspecht. 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 Close enough. <laughs> that, I love that concept. What the hell, Germany? We don't have a word like that. German's a really flexible language. Like schadenfreude. Laughing at the misfortune of others. Right, yes. I do remember hearing about that one because of... It's a song in Avenue Q. That's what it was. It was Avenue Q. That's where I heard it from. Schadenfreude. Fuck you, lady. That's what stairs are for. <laughs> um, uh, excuse me, mister. Excuse me, mister. Yes. Put the fucking money in the bag. <laughs> I'm burgling you. <laughs> I think it's the scene that you've built up around it. Prepare to be burgled. <laughs> but he's got like a fully loaded Glock. <laughs> but he's like it's two. <laughs> it's it's the infinity. Uh, hold on. I have collected all the infinity stones. Dobby can now make the infinity Glock. Dobby will watch the sunset on a grateful universe. Dobby will kill J.K. Rowling. Nobody can stop Dobby now. <laughs> it just reminded me of Do- like the Dobby voice that everyone does. <laughs> Muggle. Muggle is another serious word that has a funny sound to it. Muggle is weighted. Muggle is a weighted word now. It's like a it's like a slur. It's like a racist. It's a non-magic person. Yeah. So it's like it's less than you filthy muggle. Mud blood. Mud blood's another one. Oh, when you think about it, you're like mud. Whoa. Oh, shoot. Like you're saying like you're dirt. Like you you mix with filth. You are. Holy crap. Yeah. What a heavy term. (laughs) And yet we just throw that around casually sometimes because we're just children. We're just like, you're a muggle. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine being on like the floor? Imagine like the floor of the Senate and they're debating like a spending bill. And just from the back room, we hear like AOC just go like, you're a muggle. Oh, oh man. It's like you can tell they're trying to insult somebody, but also <laughs> it has zero weight in our world. In our actual literal world, unless you subscribe to like Harry Potter. So it's like you're also saying that like what they're talking about, you don't care enough about to even acknowledge it with a like a legitimate insult. Yeah. Oh man. It's just like so good. <laughs> So we found another word for you. Perfect. Muggle, burgle. Maybe it's the ogle. It's a really funny sound. Puggle. Puggle's another good one. Love a puggle. Love a puggle. Love it if a puggle had a ski mask on, tried to burgle (laughs) me because I couldn't protect myself with magic because I'm a muggle. Man, best day. (laughs)
<laughs> they got robbed by a dog that shouldn't exist. <laughs> I've had that one weigh in on me. And I was yeah. like, maybe I'll find other fun words. And I was like, no, it's good enough. Well, I'm happy I could validate you in that way. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about <laughs> validation. In a... Sometimes I feel used when we do these transitions. Because <laughs> like you said that and I was like, it's a weird thing to say, but thanks. I really appreciate that. And you were like, speaking of validation. Well, because well, we're trying to get away from the speaking of. I know. So I'm trying to make it smooth. It was not smooth. I want to talk about validation. It was deceptive. <laughs> you muggle. I, I wish you would validate <laughs> me um, in my transition. Um, I want to talk about validation just because I think it's kind of also comes into my idea of detoxing mm -hmm. and taking a break. Yeah. I took my break. And when I came back to work on Monday, I had an email in my inbox from my manager mm. for my scheduled evaluation. I was like, <laughs> okay. See, you and I have different reactions to evaluation. Really? I told you I was, I had mine and you were like, e? and you, you just told me about yours. And I'm like, oh, cool. What did he say? <laughs> maybe it's because I've had, I've had bad evaluations in the past. And maybe this is what I'm coming around to because basically I got a, email from my manager saying here we're gonna we're gonna meet at this time mm -hmm. and we're discuss this and i'm like okay and it had my attached little word document mm -hmm. with all the stuff and it was the the next highest mark oh awesome uh, other than like the highest one you can get other like, than your god's gift to answering the telephone right like thank right exactly <laughs> uh, i was like okay not how i expected that to go now matt we're gonna get together <laughs> and we're gonna discuss this i expect you to be at the appointed time because i'm sure you have a lot of questions yeah <laughs> like yeah am i really this good <laughs> that was that was literally it as i like i like looked over the thing and my manager's like so did you look at it I'm like yes i did what do you think and i said like i don't see this as being like particularly exceptional i see this as being like the standard work and she like looked at it was like well because you think this is the standard work that's why it's exceptional what and it's like you did this this and this and this like let's walk down this road like let's walk through it you did this this and this that is not required you chase this answer down you did the, you know whatever like mm -hmm. here's all this detail so you're doing a good job like, stay on this track what <laughs> okay like not what i was expecting i usually get like a you're doing good yeah this is okay. here's some here's this some growth is, areas here's some growth area here's some stuff we want you to work for but and she's like this would have been top tier if you did that this one little thing so that's what you need to work on is to make sure you're doing all this i'm like okay dude that's awesome good for you yeah thank i you. always known you were a hard worker i try that feeling that you're doing a good job I'm like thank you I have trouble accepting that from people. Do you have that? Yes. I have really bad imposter syndrome. Yeah, me too. It's like day 425 <laughs> that they haven't figured out that I, I'm a complete fuckwit. <laughs> the chickens have no idea that I've <laughs> exactly. their flock. <laughs> exactly. Like, like a like, penguin. <laughs> right, it's like until they figure out I'm really bad at this. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I wonder if that stems from our our feeling that we aren't good enough or a feeling that, I don't know, that if we accept it, suddenly it's a bigger letdown if we suddenly start doing worse. I mean, that's a certain possibility. I think it comes from us not thinking we're necessarily good enough. I think it comes from just anxiety and just anxious thinking is a, is a, is a big proponent of it. You know how they talk about people never trying because they're afraid of failure? Yes or like expecting failure that way when it happens. So like, see, I expected it. I wonder if it also is connected to that where 
if we continue to think that we're not as good at our jobs as people think we are, when we do eventually make a mistake, we're like, I knew it. Yeah. There's been multiple studies of people who are like less self-assured or less confident, kind of feeling they're better prepared for the real world because they expect things to go wrong versus people who are like, nope, I am fantastic at everything. Right. <laughs> when something does go wrong, it's like, no, 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 that doesn't compute. It's interesting trying to balance the difference between having pride in yourself and being prideful, I guess. Well, I think being proud of yourself for accomplishments or just things done is very different from like being full of yourself. Maybe we'll talk more about this because I, I'm really interested in imposter syndrome and figuring out mm. like what causes it and how to work on it. Because it's the thing everywhere, right? I worked at camp and everybody would be like, you're such a nice person. You're, you're, you never get mad. And I'm sitting there like, I know my entire life, right? So I'm like, yeah. well, there have been times I've been mad. So like the vision <laughs> you have of me is incorrect. Don't reduce me to this one thing, please. <laughs> well, it's more like I don't want it to come to the thing where suddenly they see me at a worse part of my mentality and it's like this earth shattering thing and they feel like they've been lied to, you know? Right. I don't know. I feel like people give other people enough of a benefit of a doubt. I, I like to think they do, that they, they, people have enough flexibility to make room for all of someone. I mean, I think to the people that I've only ever seen smiling and if they came in having like a rough day, I'd be like, yeah, you're having a rough day. It's just a normal thing. It happens. How can I help? And maybe that moment is when you validate someone for who they are and kind of help them with that. And maybe that's something that we can do when we're going out into the world is when we see somebody who's struggling, we, we, we just validate that, you know? I think there is something. So many people, when they are experiencing some sort of negative emotion, just want to be told that what they're feeling is valid and what they're feeling is true. Mm -hmm. One of the distinctions I try to make with friends when they're coming to me with problems or experiencing something negative, I say, is this a, you want me to solve this issue? <laughs> or is this a, like, you just want to be heard? Sometimes just listening is what is needed. One of the directors in my work was clearly having a bad day. I was like, hey, how you doing? She's like, not good. Oh shoot, is there anything I can do? And she's like, no, 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 it's it's fine. Like, it's just other stuff. Yeah. Went about her day. When she called down to like ask me for something later on, she was like, hey, I'm really sorry for how I came into the building. I was just having a rough day. I'm really sorry about that. You don't have to apologize. Yeah. I, I actually did say to her, I was like, your feelings are valid. Like you were having a bad day. That's fine. And that must be like the pressure of being a director and feeling like, oh, you always have to to put on this positive front for all of the employees yep. and they can't see you having a rough day because what would they think as a director? It's, right. I mean, that's where toxic positivity comes in, right? Yeah, and that's a really big term is toxic positivity and toxic motivation. Shirking all the dangers and negative emotions that you're feeling that are completely natural and healthy just for the sake of the front. Right, exactly. Everyone's feeling is valid. What everyone is going through is valid and uh, you're doing great. You are doing great. And if you're not doing great, that's okay. You will be doing great. Yeah. I want to try to stop saying that uh, you're fine. Fine is a word I don't like. I'm sorry. I'm just having such a rough day. And you're like, you're fine. It's like saying like, walk it off. You could be fine if you wanted to. It's yeah. Like, no. Rough days are rough days. I'm a big fan of you're doing great. I believe in you kind of thing. Yeah. You're doing great. Doing great, sweetie. It's very much that. If I know the person particularly well, I'll do the you're doing great, sweetie. Yeah, I don't think we can like get together for like, a sit down and solve toxic positivity or imposter syndrome. No, <laughs> but it starts the conversation. And if you guys are dealing with this kind of stuff, hopefully it gets you thinking about it. Just know it can't be fixed until it's confronted. And with that confrontation comes fear, but fear lets you know it's important. That's a good note to end on.
Hey, let's show some validation to Lakey Inspired for the use of our theme song, The Process. Thanks, guys. Or guy. I'm pretty sure it's just the one guy. Thanks, person. Thanks, Lakey. From the Boston Inspired. <laughs> I'm getting Anchor up so I can look at where we're available. Oh, you have a list? I have to make sure I'm doing like all of them. Oh, okay. Jeez. Well, this is what I think is kind of strange. And I was thinking about this when I was feeding my narcissism and listening to this podcast on my drive. Right. Wherever you are out there, you're already listening on a platform. Right. If you're looking for a different platform to listen to us on, Matt can tell you which ones are available. Right. But I assume if you're hoping to listen to us and you shift platforms, you would just search in that platform for us. So it seems kind of silly to be like, hey, you're listening to us on Spotify, but you could hop over to Apple if you wanted, which you no, can't, can't. But I can't do that. But. You can listen to us on Breaker, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, Bowl of Sausage, um, and Turkey Chili. Oh, shoot. You can listen to it on Podbox? Let me just pause <laughs> it on Spotify, open up Podbox. Let me just like move the seeking needle over to where I was. Oh, no. I'm on Podbox and that was valid to me. It was valuable. I don't know why I'm hating so much on it. I just, <laughs> I just don't know why we do it. Correct. Uh, we do it for the bowl of sausage. I do like a good bowl of sausage. <laughs> Matt, thanks for being here. Hey, I'll be here every week. Good. <laughs> what if I just like didn't show up one week? It was just like if we agreed to do the podcast and like one of us didn't show up, so we just recorded a solo cast. It's like ten minutes long because we're like, I really like this is water. Um, it's by David Foster Wallace. Uh, I think you guys should check it out. Um, speaking of, <laughs> you just hear like like rifling through. A burgle's kind of funny, huh? Like the word burgle. It's almost like stand up. Alan, thank you for joining me. I'll pod with you anytime, Matt. You done fucked it up. I didn't fuck it up. I always knew you would fuck it up. <laughs> Your imposter syndrome has been confirmed. That person who gave you that evaluation didn't know that you would say the wrong thing on the podcast. <laughs> it's all coming together. Susan, I'm sorry. By the way, put the money in the bag <laughs> of burgling you. <laughs> oh my God, play us out. <laughs> When you swung that sword, I, I swear I heard voices in my mind. Yeah. Did you experience the same phenomena? <laughs> yes, I did. Perhaps this sword is too dangerous to be left in this world. Do you want to bury it outside? Like a, yeah, like under like the a, dirt like a little? Like a whole, yeah, like, like two feet. I don't have a shovel, so I'll just kick the dirt out. Yeah. That's and then just like cover it back up. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing after this? buying a new book of teachings because you fucking stabbed it. Oh, yeah, I did. I should probably work on finding a new wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to get me one of those. One of them laughs. laughs.